Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And what a busy holiday fucking season it was. I am still tired. Like, I feel like an, uh, a narcolept. Like, I just keep passing out at random times. I've been trying to uh, get through a couple seasons of shows that, that I got to catch up on, and I'll just sit on the couch, and then I'm like, you know what? I could go for a little bit of a lay down. And then I lay down, and I'm just like, yeah, this is comfy. This is a- <laughs> Wake up two hours later. What's going on? What 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 I miss? And and that's I don't know what it is about the holidays, man. But it just like takes everything that you have in you and then just sucks it out, dude. It's like is it the stress or is it just because you have so much going on? Definitely not the stress. Uh, I I don't get stressed out about the holidays. I think it's just like work is extremely busy because you have people out. You're on vacation, and if you're working during that time and weren't lucky enough to get off for vacation, then you are the one that's picking up the extra slack. And then you're coming home and you're you're doing everything else that you would normally do on top of that you even when you have a day off it's not a day off you're going to visit this family member that family member people are coming sure. over you got things to do there is zero time to relax well it's kind of funny because mine's the opposite i hate you <laughs> it really is because over the years my holiday season has gotten more and more chill more and more um calmer and especially with for example my cousin taking his whole family down to disney this year for the holidays there's been pretty much nothing going on. I, I had a nice Christmas Eve, usual routine. Uh, went to church with my mom, went to your family ha- holiday party, and then Christmas Day was just at the house chilling. I hate Other you. than that, I didn't do anything. I hate you on most days, <laughs> but now hearing that you're living stress-free, I hate you even more. I, look... So, fuck you. Anyway. I, I'd rather have stuff to do. I, <laughs> no. mean, I didn't even go out for New Year's, for Christ's sake. I mean, I didn't do anything. Neither did I. And that was the best part. I, I, I mean, did nothing I, It was years. extremely low-key. I watched that ball drop. I watched the movies. And I then didn't I watched do that. that. I've been binging The Wire. Dad, that's... That, well, let's, let, let's get into... Uh, let's get into... What are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channels. Oh, he's watching. No, no, no. Go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. All right, Jay, so you've been watching a show that's been off the air for about 10 years. No, about 20 years. About 20 years, <laughs> yeah. I, When I went back and watched uh, that show, somewhere around like 2010 or so, I started watching that show. I remember when I first got HBO. That was one of the first shows I went back and watched. And I was like, some bitch, they're using typewriters in that shit. <laughs> oh, no no doubt. They that's are the most, typing up the That's ports. the coolest thing about this. So, like, you know, they're, it's like in the age of new phones and like cell phones and like uh the burner phones you know like back when 2000 2001 that kind of era and how that has changed the landscape for policing but also for criminals and it's really interesting i'm only actually i'm gonna say it's, it's almost a, finished season three it's about a whole lot more than that but if that's oh well, well, no no i know i know what you're taking away but, from it sure but it's it's just a, a very very realistic take on uh baltimore's crime and also the underbelly of it all, along with the political aspects and policing aspects 
of the city. Absolutely. So it, it's a really, and really you, engaging and intriguing look behind the right. scenes. And you get, you know, you get Dominic West, who was fantastic in that show and never sure. really anything else after that. Uh, but it launched a career of Idris Elba and Michael B. Jordan. So yes, you know, it did. It's it's, uh, it's it's a great show. And if you haven't checked it out, you probably should. But you're probably like me and watched it about 10, 15, 20 years ago. So. Right. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm fully aware I'm well, well overdue to see this. Um, actually, yeah. I've already seen the season one probably 10 years ago. Right. I just never actually went back to finish the rest out the, of the series. And I was I had I had a little bit of a limbo time because I went to the theaters. I caught up with most of the things that I wanted to see. And then I really didn't have too much at home to watch at the moment. So okay. I was like, I really felt like binging on something. And I finally went back. It's free on Amazon Prime. So no, it's kind of like the motto of your life, right? Like you, you wait, you wait until your mid thirties to start an actual career. Uh, right. you, you wait until your mid thirties to uh, to to go back to school, uh, and, and all, then you wait until your mid thirties to watch the, one of the greatest TV shows of all time. All, so, all yeah. it took was a you know a bald spot to formulate for me realizing I'm getting old. I got to start catching yeah. up with life. Renaissance, <laughs> Renaissance man Jay has finally seen the wire. So congratulations. So thank you. Uh, as I do most New Year's Eve, it was like a tradition growing up on New Year's Eve. Like my parents didn't go out anywhere. We stayed at home and we rented movies, movies we hadn't seen or movies that we saw throughout the year and we really enjoyed and just wanted to watch again. So last night, I the two movies that we hadn't seen that me and Lauren decided to watch was The Peanut Butter Falcon, which you reviewed for us earlier on in the year. Yes. And I got to say, it was everything that you said it was. It's absolutely a fantastic performance by Shia LaBeouf. I I, I love the, the, the dual aspect of him where like, he is a piece of shit. He's a vile piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. But He's got a fucking heart of gold, nickel head, heart of gold. He's got like, a, <laughs> yeah, like a kind of. I don't want to say a code, but like he's just he he's out for himself. Yeah, you know he's got no filter, but ultimately his heart's in the right place. Yeah, you know, he's not. He's still rough around the edges. Like a hundred guys, without a doubt. Like a hundred guys that I grew up with that are probably living life right now. But you know, it's it, it was it was really it was really well done, and it's probably the first movie where I was like, hey, I really like Dakota Johnson here. Like I didn't dislike her. I, I dislike her in most things. Yeah. But I liked her. I liked her here. It's definitely worth your watch. Um, uh, no word yet on whether it'll be on my top five of the year, which we'll be doing at the towards the end of this show. We got our top five of 2019. So you'll just have to stick around to find out whether it made my list. And Jay, the other film that we watched last night that I hadn't seen before was Yesterday. And oh, I so it got middling reviews. Like I, I don't know, sure. I don't know what its Rotten Tomatoes score is, but you know, some people really loved it. Some people were like, "Man, it was all right." No one really outright hated it. I watched same it. same type of reactions yeah. as the Bruce Springsteen film. Yeah, b- no, Blinded by the Light, people loved. Well, Blinded by the Light still had mixed, um, no, maybe not mixed reviews, but actually did not was not seen. Oh, was, very, was very not much seen. within this year, along with yesterday. Yeah, you know, I, I'll, I'll go with that. But I remember Blinded by the Light having rave reviews. I well, mean, we both liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, and then also yesterday, I thought was going to be um, a bit of a hit because I thought the trailer was great. You know, they did a good job. He's a great singer. Yeah, I mean, it, currently it's bl- the fucking Beatles. I mean, Blinded who doesn't by- love? Listening to the Beatles. <laughs> Blinded by the Light currently carries a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. So that is, that's really good, Jay. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how you do it. I, I but. guess it was, I, I, no, I'm not, I'm not talking about critically. I'm just thinking about fans. I don't know. I just haven't heard many people talk about it. 
Gotcha. And that's probably what it was. Uh, and and yesterday carries a 63% score on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 90% score on its audience score. So people like it. And I'm one of those people, Jay. I watched it and I really enjoyed it. Man, I loved singing along with it. I loved when he's going through, there's like a moment where he's trying to remember all the words to all the songs because he has no way to access them now. Like when, when he wakes up in this world where the Beatles do, don't exist, uh, Coca-Cola doesn't exist, Oasis doesn't exist. He's finding out slowly and slowly there's other, there's these other things in pop culture and and that are that, that we just you know it's just part of our daily lives that don't exist anymore. He's trying to remember the Beatles songs, and I'm sitting there with him throughout it, trying to remember the words to Eleanor Rigby, so, <laughs> which is, it, but it, it was a lot of fun. But you know, I think it is a char- a character piece, and that's kind of where it falls apart a little bit, like. He has this turn towards the end where I was just like, oh, I'm not sure if I really buy that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure if I buy these characters making these decisions and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, it, the story itself kind of moves, kind of moves at, at a rapid pace, and and then it, once you reach the conclusion, you you had a lot of fun singing along with the songs and taking this journey with them. But you're kind of glad that it's over, uh, and you're you're happy where it ended. But you're, you know, I, I think you're just more more happy that the movie is 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 going off, and you're going to be putting on something else. <laughs> Interesting. So it, it outstayed its welcome. A little bit, I would say. Yeah, its charm wears off a little bit. Okay. You know, uh, Kate McKinnon. Not. I. I did not like her in in this film. I. I know she's supposed to be an unlikable character, but it was. It was in this realm of so cunty, <laughs> like in it, and 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 she she did the character really well. It's just underappreciated word. I got. Yeah, <laughs> I got annoyed by her presence. Like every time, because I think it was so over the top. Like that. I was. I just okay. got annoyed by. Okay. It. So, uh, but I still wound up really enjoying it. Definitely not on my top five. There, uh, you don't have to wait to find out whether that's on my top five or not. Um, and then you skipped out because you're so busy watching a, f- a, a show from 20 years ago. You skipped out on the Mandalorian season finale, buddy. I did. Yeah. I'm two episodes behind. Jesus. I don't know what it is. I, I Look, I love the series. I love the show so far. Get with it, my man. I am just so locked in right now with The Wire, and I feel ashamed. I really do. However, I did go to the theaters, Dave. I don't care. And I I caught some, 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 some interesting films. I don't care. I don't care. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Well, I'll I'm, I'm briefly. Talking, I'm talking about the Mandalorian it. right now. And I'm okay, we'll to, get into the Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm going to throw up the spoiler warning just now because I'm going to spoil do it. it just for spoil Jay. my ear holes. <laughs> just do it. Fuck it. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Yeah, so the in, the the entire season, like my big complaint. Like going into it was, I really enjoyed the first episode, the second episode, third episode had some great action, and then they kind of like start doing this this galaxy hopping where they're like they're they're here for this week doing a story here, a small right. story here, small story there. Um, but the big scope of the show exa- comes together in episodes seven and eight, where they return to Navarro and mm-hmm. they're going to settle up with the Empire, and you know it's really really good <laughs> at that point. There's a moment in the very beginning of episode eight that I absolutely love it's just two stormtroopers two two scout troopers having like this normal like workday conversation with each other it's absolutely hilarious and then there's like this thing on the ground that they're both trying to shoot with their pistols and they keep missing <laughs> so it's like that that old joke that like the stormtroopers can't you know, shoot can't shoot <laughs> and it, it it like it was this moment that like borderlined on like this comedy doesn't fit with the rest of the show 
but it ended at a, the exact right time where it would have outstayed its welcome. It's, it was actually, it was brilliant. That, and this episode was directed by Taika Waititi, so it makes sense for that type of mm. humor to be in there. Yeah. But I got to say, like, for this show, Deborah Chow was the, 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 the director that blew me away with, she directed episode seven uh, and a bunch of other, and a bunch of other episodes. So Deborah Chow is behind, you know, the entire uh, Obi-Wan series, which has me extremely excited for that. Um, no worries. I don't. I think it's like a tentative, like 2021 or 2022 release. So it's a it's a fair bit off. But you know, when the Mandalorian started, um, you know, I would have given like the first two or three episodes. That's just a straight up first episode A plus, mm. uh, episode two and three A's. Um, and then like. It, it, while I really enjoyed, you know, the story, these these small stories that we're getting with the Mandalorian in them throughout, I felt like we were getting far away from from a cohesive story, you know, and I you know, I think as we watch TV in the modern era, we're looking for for everything to connect, right? Like, you know, if you, you think about the way TV shows have have become, you know, we want we want every episode to build on from the last one and take us forward in the story. Where yes. this felt like more of short stories in in the Mandalorian's world uh, until we get to episode seven and eight. So by the time we get there, man, I'm I'm back on board with it and absolutely loving every minute of it. Uh, and man, I got to tell you, Jay, you haven't seen it yet, but the way it ends, pretty fucking perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I've been hearing really good things. It's 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 pretty it's pretty perfect. It leaves you with a nice just enough of a question mark where you're ready for season two, Beautiful. but it but it wraps this story up. So like if they never came back for let's say another Mandalorian season, which we already know they're in production on season two, but if they never came back for another season, you could actually just be satisfied with this right here. So instead of Kathleen Kennedy at the helm with the Star Wars episodes, we should have had John Favreau all this time. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, John Favreau and um, Kevin Feige. You know, just yeah. give those and Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni is a big creative mm-hmm. force in the Mandalorian. He was behind the Clone Wars Rebels. I know that is so, true. And, he, he was, and he was a director he actually, of this episode. He directed, um, I think, the first two in episodes, those in those three men's hands. I, I would probably think that a lot of fans, especially after this time uh, where we are post Rise of the Skywalker and people's feelings on it are are a little mixed. Certainly critic critically, it's not doing well. Uh, audience score is a lot more positive, but there are fans who are just you know, weren't as happy with it as they could be. It's very clear there was no there was no cohesive story. But if you put those three in charge of like everything Star Wars going forward. I think you could say Star Wars is in a pretty safe fucking place at that point. But hey, I absolutely love The Mandalorian. I'm not going to spoil it here. Uh, we actually recorded a video tonight for uh, one small aspect of the season finale of Mandalorian. That's going to go up on YouTube. So I'll put a link uh, to it uh, in in the description of this episode once that is posted. So and then what 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 did you go to the theaters and say? What did you watch? Well, I caught up with Uncut Gems. So the Safety Brothers' f- latest film with Adam Sandler. Ah! <laughs> playing this charismatic jeweler from New York City and he is yeah. also a compulsive gambler. Yeah. Degenerate just piece of shit. <laughs> and a lot of people are and, like, "Wow, I you know, I never knew that like Adam Sandler had this in him. Why has he been producing all this shit, you know, over these past couple of years?" And it's like, "Here's the thing. Because he Unc- can. Uncut you know? Gems is not a Happy Madison production. This is not coming out oh, of no, his no, no, no. production house. He is just an actor acting it, in someone else's script in someone else's movie for someone else's sure. studio and production company so it, that's it, why it that's had, why it's good he yeah, has no well, creative control over it whatsoever and you're 100 <laughs> right and you're right that's and it's, it's, it's a it's very you know it 
it's interesting because the way this got developed, this was the film that they wanted to produce for a long time. They had this written out for a while, and Sandler actually passed on this before uh, they made Good Time. So if, obviously, when Good Time when Good when Good Time came out, Good Time, yeah, good time. Slap in the bass. Slap Slap in the base. Have a good time, yeah. (laughs) You know, it was beloved. I mean, people loved it. People raved about it. It it got them on the map. And so after that success... Only you rave about good time. I don't rave about good time. Well, a lot of people have. I had an okay time watching good time. You had an okay time, which is interesting because I I do feel like it's a love or a hated type of film. So it's kind of interesting to hear somebody be... Eh, Middling on it? Middling on it, yeah. When I was done, I went, well, that's a J movie right there. (laughs) So, if you thought that was ramped up to a 10, this one is probably ramped up to 11 on the... Uh, no, I'd say that was about a 7. <laughs> that was a solid 7 for no, me. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, as far as the anxiety-inducing, edge-of-your-seat, thriller, suspense... Never once felt anxiety for, for, for a moron. Like, that's... And okay. The entire time I'm watching that movie, I'm like, this guy's a moron. I can't wait till well, he gets I, caught. I think it's because this guy, Adam Sandler plays, is, is just making one bad decision after another. You know, he's got like, this is only shot in like a couple days, two, maybe three days. And he's just using money all over the place to either place bets or to pay back somebody else, the mob, other jewelers in the area, his family dynamic mixed in with the girlfriend mixed in. This is so well done and executed. However, it is so fucking exhausting where I don't want to revisit this movie again I think I can revisit good time over this movie even though I think this is a more well done feature so you're saying there's together. a possibility that I may actually like good time more than I would like uncut gems no, given think, my feelings on good time I actually no I think opposite I, do, I think you're going to actually enjoy uncut gems more because there's more going on there's more story there's more of a world I still feel like Good it, Time was very singular. He was a one man show. He was on a mission, and that was it. Can we? You don't. You, this is unpredictable. Can you we don't real know quick, what the hell's going can on? Can we bring something back we haven't had in a little while, Jay? Sure. Can we bring back Jay's Indie Corner? describing his film uncut gem and every time i hear the title i think it's about a family of people who were called the gems <laughs> that's their last name and it's all about the father's decision when his son is born about whether to circumcise him or not ah. <laughs> which is a real thing it's a real thing when you have a kid when they're like so i know because that- his penis was already such a gem where he didn't want to Right. Disturb it by well, cutting it. There's still the possibility that they can over circumcise or they may actually damage the penis enough that it that, that it may lose sensitivity. You mean to or, give them a big tip? Or or that the tip <laughs> could get cut off completely. So there's like they warn you about all this when they come to ask you. Now, when I was when my daughter was being born, they they don't ask the mother the, the mother either. They look directly at the father's face and they're just like, So I know that your your sonograms or your ultrasounds and everything have said that you're having a girl, but just in case it comes out as a boy, are we going cut or uncut? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? And like, I, I immediately was like, I, I don't know. I, I, I already prepared myself for the one eventuality of, of it being a girl. <laughs> what if it's a boy? And then I, I looked around and like, I immediately like, I went and like felt myself and I was like, is it more visually pleasing? And is that worth it for doing it? And then I was like, wait a minute, there's going to be a moment where I'm going to have to teach my son 
if I don't circumcise them, how to wash underneath the foreskin. And that is something well, I don't even know how to do because I'm circumcised. Things. First of all, visually, it's not good looking at all. It's horrifying, I think. Oh, you, you, you don't like seeing an elephant trunk in pornos? Going on safari, motherfucker. Safari. No. That's how you know someone's European, right? When you say that, you're just like, <laughs> yeah. you're just like this, this is a European And then, story. too, exactly the hygiene <laughs> aspect, right? I wouldn't know what to do. Right. So that's why I was me like, neither. you know what? I don't remember being circumcised. It didn't it didn't cause any damage to, to me whatsoever. So let's do it, Doc. Let's 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 snip his little shit. Let's do it. <laughs> if it happens. Came out to be a girl. I don't have to cross that bridge. Mm. But if I if I get there again, now I don't have to be so afraid. But uncut gems just sounds like it is a father's inner turmoil. I could picture an indie film being all about that. Where he has to, he goes yeah. to art galleries and just studies penises that are uncut, and he's just like, hmm. So, in case any of you are new <laughs> listeners, you know, I guess you could say earlier in our shows we did Jay Z Corner. Yeah. We haven't done it in a little while, and Dave would do a fake synopsis. Well, that's on my fake synopsis. The titles that I was reviewing. So, yep. this is. Dave's yeah. a guy. You know. <laughs> a guy's last name is Gems, and he has to decide whether sure, he wants sure. his son circumcised or not. It. I love it. And he and he agonizes over the decision, and and it's just us watching his agony on ninety minutes of film. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> All right, continue with your review, so, Jay. <laughs> no, no, I'm moving on. Moving on to Little Women. Little Women. Uh, I knew you were going to see this because of your absolute like Nambla level boy love of Timothy Jalme. Everyone, I am a young boy looking for fun times with older men. Well, um, it's not really for him. It's really for Greta Gerwig. Are you sure? Because she's the writer I'm, and director. Look, this is just—he's just a bonus. I'm pretty. He's just, he's just a cherry on the on the cake, mate. I'm on top, pretty sure that you are a card carrying member of the North American Man Boy Love Association, and you would bring Timothy Chalamet to every meeting with you. First of all, <laughs> I've only seen like. Two films of his. You've seen like a bunch. He's been in. A, he's only had like I think four or five. He's so fucking new. Wasn't Call Me by Actually, Your Name your t- number one film last year? Well, right, but that's like pretty much the only movie I've yeah. seen. I mean, other than that, like Greta Gerwig's other film. Not you true. know, not true. You watched she the was one. In that. You watched the one where he, he was, was technically an Interstellar. He, he was. played Matthew McConaughey's son. But you liked you liked the one where he was uh, the son of Steve Carell and he was on drugs. You watch. Oh, that one beautiful too. boy! Beautiful boy! I forgot about that. He did a good job with that. Beautiful boy, such a beautiful boy. That's a hard movie to watch too. Beautiful boy, call me by your name. <laughs> he's good, and he's good in this as well. Everybody's good in this he's film. Your, it's he's a your great new Gosling, ensemble. buddy. He's your new stroke. He's, he's kind new, of my new Gosling. He's You're your right. new stroke material. He, he is. He is getting into getting into the twinks. Back a in the day, bit of a it was like boy, Johnny huh? Depp and Jude Law. Now it's kind of like you know moving on to yeah. Gosling and Chalamet. There was a day. There was a time where Jay was attracted. <laughs> to a bear like myself but now he's well, now he's all about the twinks like Timothy Chalamet <laughs> it's like a porcelain doll it's just no like, hair so hair. <laughs> so, so smooth so smooth <laughs> just want to kiss his no, body I, up and down I, don't look, you I, I, you know I still got like a little Jeff Goldblum in me too I, I like a little Jeff Goldblum and, for, and for my dad for my dad listening it might be the first time my dad has ever heard the, the term twink <laughs> I may have to explain this to him next next Saturday when I go over for for dinner. So. Oh boy, topic of conversation. <laughs> All right, but anyway, Little Women, Little Women. Yeah, so Greta Gerwig right. has adapted this famous famous novel. Yeah, um, it's it w- very beloved. I never read it, of course. <laughs> of course, <laughs> it was a hit back in like the late nineties as well. Uh, it was a film. It was a. It, it, it was. was it's been adapted before. Yeah. Now this is a film that she wanted to do badly and. 
you know, she wrote this, she directed this. Saoirse Ronan insisted that she played Joe, the main lead uh, mm-hmm. um, girl in in the March Sisters clan, and if it, it, it's 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 absolutely a delight. It's a one of the best cinematography. Um, and Florence Pugh as well, right? Films I've seen in a long time. Oh yeah. So well, not just that. Emma Watson, Emma Watson is in this yep. thing. Um, the girl from that Sharp Objects show on HBO. So she was in this as well. She's so pretty really much, good. if you're Laura an, Dern, if you're an up and coming under Pugh. thirty, yeah, yep. you were yeah. you were in this a, a, a female. A, it's this. A female this actor, was a big up and coming under thirty. Yes. You were in this film. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Well, not just that. I mean, everybody likes Greta Gerwig. I mean, Lady Bird was fantastic. It was a really well done feature. And, I and, I enjoyed that one that you made me watch last year. I enjoyed yeah. it. I liked it quite a bit. And this one is infectious. You absolutely love this family. You are immersed in this family. You love it. I was going to ask you whether it takes liberties with the original story or not, but I don't you, know. You wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Wouldn't and know. I know it does from a little bit of research that I've had from okay. this. But at the same time, my biggest issue with this movie, and probably my only issue with this movie, is that she does a lot of flashbacks or and flash forwards you can say so current time to back in the daytime like 10 years prior and it's all the same actors trying to look younger back in the day and it sometimes works but oftentimes it doesn't work because so, so let me ask you how was Meryl Streep? Was she just as fantastic she as she is in it? Not in it very else? often, but she was she was she was good. Yeah. No, she was solid. She's just very uh, um it, it was fine. She's barely in the movie. She's barely in the movie. She's a figure. She obviously just wanted to be a part of this this book. And really? Because from the trailer, I was like, I'm most interested in her as a person where she's like, you've got to get married, dear, but you never married. Yeah. Well, it's different because I'm rich. <laughs> right. And, and I want to know more she, about this lady. She has some good zingers. She has a lot of good lines, obviously, and she delivers them great. Um, you know, she's not a big prominent figure in this story, in this movie. It's Fair enough. It's definitely Joe, and it's definitely Amy as well. Florence uh, Pugh's character as well comes into it a lot but really every single character has a lot of time to shine and it's fantastic it's really interesting because it does you know tackle some interesting subject matter and it's still prevalent to this day as far as equality for female um compensation in the workforce along with with men and it's still prevalent to this day so you know it's certainly worth watching i just i as far as structurally wise i thought that um she could have done a better job of splicing the flashbacks and flash forwards a little bit better um or just cut them out you know overall or splice them in a little bit differently throughout the film because sometimes you're a little confused splicing also fancily known in filmmaking as editing but sure <laughs> Uh, I have to ask you before we move on to uh, to, to our top five of uh, 2019. First off, are, are you done? I'm done. I'm done. All right. Do you have a shirt on underneath this hoodie that you're wearing? I do not. <laughs> so Jay is here in, in the studio. This is what I wear around the house usually. I just throw this hoodie on. He's he's just, he's just He's got like his hoodie zipped halfway down. And I'm like, all I'm seeing is his chesticles and his chest hair sticking out. And I was just like, ah, he's probably just wearing a beater. So he wouldn't just show up to my house practically shirtless. But you no, know, he's shirtless. I got a hoodie on. But you're, like, your top says comfort, but your bottom is look, jeans. Are you wearing jeans? Jeans. Get the fuck know? out of here. Look, look at me. Look. I'm in sweatpants. I got a thermal on underneath a t-shirt. I'm I'm ready for, I'm ready for comfort, dog. The, these are stretchy <laughs> jeans. They're comfortable. <laughs> All 
This episode of Super Movie Brothers is sponsored by Blowfish, the miracle hangover cure. So if it's been a long holiday season for you, oh, and has and it been? You, and you've been bouncing back and forth between this party, that party, this yes. party, that party, and you've been dealing with your family the entire time, and the only way for you to get through it is for you to drink your way through those parties, or if you came to my house and you had one of my dad's drinks, which is pretty much half Jack, half Coke, a little bit of rum on top, splash of grain alcohol, and you drink two, three four of those you're going to want to reach for yeah. some blowfish so i did head over to fourhangovers.com use the promo code smbfish get your 15 percent off of the miracle hangover cure It is time for me and Jay's top five of 2019. I'm going to be honest, man. 2019 started out as a pretty rough year for movies. Uh, You got a few decent ones sprinkled in here and there. As the summer went on, it became increasingly less likely that we were going to get anything of like real substance that we were going to fall in love with. But... It, it here it after like, the summer, yeah. just it just turned September, October, November, December. Yeah. We got some truly outstanding films, but not all of my films that I have on my list are from that time of year. I do have ones that were outstanding ones sprinkled in from sure. the beginning that I really enjoyed. But it, it, as far as a, it, it's really a mixed bag as far as like a, a year in film goes, and. I think like you could take any year and and really see the, uh, how much of a mixed bag. I mean, but there are some true standout years in film. And I, I look back at this, and I don't think there's anything that was like, oh, yeah, we're gonna look back on that, and that that's that's this year's Gladiator, that's this year's mm-hmm. uh, Avatar, that's this year's you know uh, Titanic, this is this year's you know Godfather or anything like. That. I don't, I'm not sure if any of these films will resonate. In ten to twenty years down the line, you know, I, I, I think some will be referenced to some degree. Some things I can think of one that's that that was such a big um, deal, right? I that, think we're we got. I think we're on the same page. You know that it's going to continue to be referenced because that film franchise is still going. MCU, obviously. Uh, so, but even say like for example, The Irishman, right? With the technology, that was a that was a big deal, right? Absolutely. So you know there there was a lot of interesting things that that played, and into there was this even film. a star. Star Wars year. film that, of course, is going to be talked about in years to come. Of course. And will always be part of the Star Wars pantheon. But is it the sequel we deserved as fans? That's still debatable. But sure. let's let's get into our top five list. Let's stop you know teasing the dick and everything let's just let's just go full ham on it let's deep throat it as hard as we and can again everybody <laughs> this is our top favorite films yeah these are our favorite films that we're taking away from the year of 2019 yes. we're not doing the best no. or anything like that we're going to be doing our top five and then we're going to do uh five honorable mentions as Which well round out each of our top tens sure much. sure uh, but we you know we're top five guys so, so um i'll start off yeah, yeah okay. what's your number five Jay? my number five dr sleep clever You've made some improvements, haven't you? Since the last time I was in your mind. Where are you, Pop? 
You're gonna die here. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, so go. What was it about Doctor Sleep? Doctor Sleep resonated I, with I, you. Well, lots of things. I mean, I, you know, marrying marrying up the couple of a Stephen Stephen King novel, right? Beloved, classic, right? But also very dense literature. You, you almost came up with a porn name right there, Stephen Skin. <laughs> You almost said Stephen Skin, and that would be a great Ste- porn Stephen name. Foreskin. <laughs> Stephen Foreskin. Um, Uncut gem, Stephen Foreskin. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, but you know, also st- staying true to you know Kubrick's Shining movie, you yeah. know, because this is a sequel. I mean, it really is through and through. And, and if you want to believe it or not, it really is. And he it really Mike was Flanagan. It really was a threesome of Mike Flanagan. Oh yeah. And and oh yeah. And, and Mike Kubrick and Mike, King. Mike Flanagan was 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 the guy in this in this it was like female if, male if, threesome. If, if King and Kubrick <laughs> fucked, right. they would have birthed right. Flanagan because he delivered right. the perfect It's a child it's a female male female threesome and mike flanagan yes. had to both please yes kubrick fans and king fans at the same time i think he did it perfectly and he just laid there in post-coital bliss just staring at the ceiling just watching the ceiling fan go around just being like i did it i'm a god amongst men and i pleased is. everybody and i guarantee you this movie is going to stand right. the test of time meanwhile jj abrams was sitting there trying to please fans of the last jedi and fans of of star wars past and stuff yes. like that failed miserably and is standing there with a limp dick just going like i, I couldn't do it i couldn't pull it off sure but sure. mike flanagan did do it he did do it yeah he did fair enough all right jay my number five uh it's a comedy and two female leads and i absolutely loved this film it's book smart I missed you. I missed you so much. In one night. Are we going to go to school? No. I don't think we are. No, we're just going to stay. Ah, yes. So I I loved Booksmart, man. Um, You know, I I wanted to, I wanted on this here because like, it's one of the few films that like after I watched it, I wanted to go back and watch it again to pick up all of like the smaller, like little jokes and everything like that. But Really, the, you know what sold me on it was the two leads, Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein. Like they were both absolutely fantastic in it. The the, the supporting cast was great with Lisa Kudrow, Jason Sudeikis, and Will Forte. But you know, directed by Olivia Wilde, practically a first time director, like mm-hmm. one of her first one of her first I big picture is. films. Yeah. But it had such a fresh take on the teen comedy sure. um, and it fit in so many like little aspects of what we think is true about the youth of today and kind of like pulled the curtain back on that but it still did it in a funny irreverent way mm-hmm. that you know just resonates and i think it still will resonate like i watched this movie and i was like i don't want to say it's it's the female american pie but i want to say it's going to be remembered in the same way american well, pie is as right as people as kids you know what, grow you up you know it's kind of like a well you know how this is obviously a very youth heavy film it is it is also very woke <laughs> this is like one of the biggest woke quote-unquote woke films ever i could see that um and it's it's extremely smart it's really well written it's, I, I agree. it's so well written and it was 
it was just so funny and it, it it all comes together and i i really enjoyed it and i'm a big fan of caitlin deaver i have been for for a little bit of time here especially you know back in the day when you had me watch um the one with uh brie larson Short term, short term, twelve. I loved her in that, and I've been kind of like following her career since then. And she is fantastic She's a talent, and I love. I just loved this movie. I and I'm, I'm really curious to see what Olivia Wilde does again. Yeah, me too. I, I I would like to see her. I would like to see her tackle another comedy like this before moving on to to bigger things. So, but yeah, book smart man. I absolutely loved it. Jay, what's your number four? Number four is Avengers Endgame. You know what I need? I need to shave. I believe I remember telling Tony is Tony Tony alive and otherwise that what we needed was a pseudo armor around the world. Remember that? Whether it impacted our precious freedoms or not, that's what we needed. Well, that didn't work out, did it? I said we'd lose. You said we'll do that together too. And guess what, Cap? We lost, and you weren't there. But that's what we do, right? Our best work after the fact. Mm. We're the Avengers. We're the Avengers, not the pre-Avengers. Okay. Right? You made your point. Just sit down, okay? okay? No, no. Here's my point. You know what? Just sit, great, sit down. We need Love you. Your new blood. A bunch of tired old mules. I got nothing for you, Cap. I got no coordinates, no clues, no strategies, no options, zero, zip, nada. No trust. Wow! I can't believe this is so low, but go ahead, just go on it, dude. This is my number four, brother. This is <laughs> just, this is still out there. After all the fucking movies I've seen this year, yes, I love this movie, and this movie still brings me to tears multiple times. Just watch, still to this day, just, just watch that fucking ending. I literally cried three days ago when I watched the final battle sequence when he says yeah. Avengers assemble. I'm fucking crying. Just watched it Still, last night with tears. With tears, Dave. Yeah. Watched it on New Year's Eve. It was the, it was how we capped off our New Year's oh Eve my by God. watching Avengers Endgame. That alone, I mean, come on, like it, it's it cumulates. It's in, not a perfect movie, however, it's not. it does encapsulate the whole decade, their whole saga, really well. The yeah. whole saga, the eleven years of films, and everything comes full circle and it comes together in absolutely. such a great way. And I just, I'm so happy. I'm really just very, very happy, and I love this movie. It's very rewatchable, um, and it hits me in the feels, obviously, because I don't think I cried more in any other movie than this year, uh, um, this year than this movie. So, Fair kudos enough. to them. Kudos to the Russo brothers for delivering again something that should not have been able to get pulled off, and they pulled it off. So, good kudos to them. All right, so Jay, my number four was your number five. Yes. It is Dr. Sleep. When I was a kid, there was a place. A dark place. They closed it down and let it rot. But the things that lived there. They come back. Nice. So, you know, Dr. Sleep for me, you know, you already talked about it, the marriage between the book and the film and bringing it together to give a satisfying sequel to both. But, you know, we didn't focus on what I thought was the best aspect of it, which was Ewan McGregor and Rebecca Ferguson. Just both of them. Yes. Rose the Hat was such a fantastic. Love her. One that I wasn't sold on, you know, back when I read the book. But when I saw her here on film, I really enjoyed Rose the Hat and I really enjoyed the conclusion 
conclusion that they gave to her and the way that they took like just just the last act of this film comes together and it really is a marriage of of the book and and sure. the film and stuff and brings it all together in, in such in such a poignant nice way um and i yeah i i don't think i can i don't think i can speak highly enough about about the the acting ability that was in this movie but just how much and the young girl did a great job as yeah. well and, and you know, just, she's just new just the way i felt when i left the theater i was just immediately like i want to go back watch that and pick up every single stephen king easter egg that i can possibly pick up and and talk about it yeah i can't wait to watch it again stephen i'm, king I'm really looking forward so, to it i i that that's my number four all right jay what is your number three number three knives out we're officers of the law you're gonna run me in i don't feel like talking i'm distraught Hey, Benny, you want to ask this guy some questions? Hi, right, what is this? What's this arrangement? Mr. Drysdale. CSI KFC? So Ryan Johnson pulled off something that was fresh, original, and it's a classic. It's a classic genre. It's a whodunit film, right? It's a big ensemble whodunit film. Right, but it's a and whodunit we- film whose spoilers, you figure out who done it in the first act. At The first act ends by you figuring out who actually done it. Sure. So it turns the genre uh, this this on genre its on its head a little bit. It so. does, and and it and it's it's got a lot of twists and turns, really really snappy dialogue, really well acted. The production design is fantastic in this big mansion house. And another story that's somewhat woke, uh, you know, by the ending of it and stuff like yes, that. Yes, yes, it still, does have an underlying overall political message. It I does guess it in a more well. subverted way very, than, than very Booksmart subtle. does. Right? Oh, of course, of course, very. Yeah. Subtle, but still, still fun to to pick so, up on. But so much fun, and again, I was vocal about this, guys, and you, you guys might remember I hid this trailer. I didn't like it. I was not excited until I I heard the buzz coming up, you know, with a week or two before the release. So when you and I saw the film, and we were completely just blown away by it. I mean, I just thought this thing was almost nearly perfect. I really I mean, enjoyed it. Yeah. So well done. Um, so yeah, that was my number three. It's a fart. It, it, it's a fart. <laughs> fart in the wind? What? It's, no, it's, it's a fun, smart, snappy script. I, the only thing that I, that I dislike about it is there's some family characters, uh, who are introduced to us in the beginning that fall by the wayside. And then, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, it, it, mainly. Yeah. Yeah, and it it didn't it didn't bother me because I think you understood where her character was like, and how one character you know the 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 kid from Stranger Things that the the little neo Nazi yeah, I know I he was like literally him. there as a plot device to be the one yeah. to overhear a certain conversation yeah. that 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 gives yeah. you the conclusion to the film which yeah that bothered me a little bit and 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 to me for something that was that smart to to just kind of treat something that way I was like you know what they still only have two hours to tell a story so. I, I really enjoyed that movie, though, so I don't disagree with it being on your top five list. All right, Jay, my number three. This is one that I know is not on your <laughs> list whatsoever. In fact, I'm 100% sure that you haven't even watched it, even though I really wanted you to. I really love this film. It is a zombie comedy. It is Little Monsters. Warning, this movie contains flesh-eating zombies. Assault with a deadly guitar. Strong language. Fuck, fuck, douchebag. Stop fucking swearing. Firearms. Disembowelment. Death metal. Gore. Meatball on the lot. And Academy Award winner Lupita Nyong'o. This might be a little much 
for everyone. I have not yet. Yeah. I know. So uh, this 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 film stars Lupta Nyong'o. She's had a hell of a year. Yeah, Alexander England and Josh Gad. And dude, it was directed by Abe Forsyth, who hasn't really done a whole lot in the directing realm. So this is kind of like his his first big film, you know, that that has been released in the states. Um, and it, it didn't even get a full theater release, man. It got it got a Sundance, you know, tour. It, it got its indie film tour, but then it came to Hulu streaming for free here in the states. But dude, I absolutely love this movie it was a perfect blend of horror and comedy and lupta nyango was just absolutely perfect now let me it. ask you do you think this is like a like a cult film 100 this is gonna be a cult film okay because this is this is more of a cult because film. this is shocking right because i i you know i was okay with the trailer we did but we did I a trailer saw, park for I, it i know and i saw the potential that it could have been great it's good it could have had the potential to be great my, my my tagline for my review was if you've ever wanted to see a movie yeah. that sees josh gad getting hit in the nuts so hard that he puked this is the movie for you <laughs> because <laughs> that happens i think everybody film. secretly wants that <laughs> it's so good because i love that josh so gad much. is kind of awesome but also kind of really fucking annoying too sometimes. right right but in i mean, equal measures it, it and it's it has such a heartwarming story to it as well. There's like this, there, there, there's some heart to it that like you feel like in this film almost it doesn't deserve to have this level of heart, but you you get it and you and you enjoy it. And man, I I can't speak highly enough about this movie. I think more people need to check it out. It's still streaming free on Hulu. It's exclusively yeah. on Hulu for people to check out. And I think they should because it's especially if you're if you're a horror comedy fan, if you're a fan of something like Shaun of the Dead, you're a fan of Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, uh, Army of Darkness, you know stuff like that. If that's the stuff that you're into, then you know this this pays homage to all that stuff and and goes in its own direction as well it's it's a ton of fun and i've i watched it this is one of those movies that when i first saw it i watched it alone very late at night and i was like covering my mouth up because i was laughing at times and i didn't want anyone else to wake up and then when my wife woke up i immediately told her i was like you got to watch this movie with me so we, we we made breakfast we had coffee we sat down and we watched this movie together and i watched it twice in 24 hours and i've still seen it two more I'm times sure lauren liked it since too. then lauren loved it so yeah. so we've seen it twice it you know two more two uh, we've seen it two more times since then so uh, it's a movie that resonated with me and stuck with me. So that's uh, that's what makes it on my list. I know this is one of those ones that like people may not agree with. No, me on, I love this. I mean, I I I really am a hu- obviously huge you know supporter of obscure films right. that we love but to get it on our list. But this if, is the exact possible. type of genre film that is up my alley that yes. will resonate with me yes. for years to come. Yes. So when I find out people haven't seen it. I'm going to definitely like this is going to be like, you know, I always recommend things like Ex Machina uh, and I recommend things. I think people have caught up to that. now. People have caught up to that stuff now. Finally. Now now this is one where I can be like, hey, man, you got to see this one like this. this I'll catch you soon. I promise. This is my new film that like when people are like looking for something to watch and be like, hey, have you checked this out yet? No, you need to. So, uh, Jay, what is your number two, buddy? My number two is Booksmart. What the fuck is this? Questions. Oh my god. Oh shit shit shit. Is this some Manson family shit? What is this? No! No! Everything is gonna be just fine. You're just gonna give us the address to where you delivered some pizzas tonight. Oh my god. Are you guys out of your fucking mind? How old are you, by the way? Does not matter! Okay, that voice did not make you sound older. So you're basically children. 
and you just willingly got in the car of a strange man. Do you guys have a weapon? Yes. If we claim to have a weapon, this might be a felony. Okay, so you're using your hair as a mask and trying to rob someone with no weapon. Because the funny thing is, I actually have a weapon. I keep that to protect myself from bad people. Something you guys should be thinking about. Did the, did the possibility of sexual assault ever enter your minds? Not really. Yeah, so this was my number one film for the, a good chunk of the year. I was blown away. Yeah, you and saw this the, came out in the spring. I you saw this a couple theater. days before I did. So uh, you were singing its praises to me. I actually wasn't... I'm, I'm usually okay with waiting for comedies. Like, I don't want to rush to the theater to see them because um, I, I feel like comedies can speak to you in your living room as much as they can uh, when you're in the theater. You know what I mean? There, it's not sure. so much of a visual spectacle behind it. But after your, your like praise of it i was like oh, i guess i i guess i gotta see it now yeah so i think i saw this around the same time as good boys and good boys was obviously a lot more underwhelming for me because of the trailer i loved but the movie overall as a whole was a little underwhelming even though i still had fun with it now book smart is just phenomenal like it blew me away like phenomenal i mean in so many aspects between the directing acting the writing how relevant it is today in this kind of culture in this kind of society with kids and everything but also the fact of playing with the genre right, right. you know it, this is a very stereotypical type of genre do you have a favorite scene so fresh like do you have a favorite scene from the film pretty much every, everything with billy lord okay so <laughs> i think that her character is so brilliantly well written <laughs> how she just flutters into the this the, the, my the favorite, movie overall. my favorite scene is is in the del- in the piece of delivery uh, car where where they're they're wearing their hair mask oh, yeah. and, he's, yeah. and he goes to hand her a phone. He's just like, you just showed me your password. What are you doing? <laughs> your teenage, you could have been killed. Oh. You could, and then you later on see his poster. <laughs> it's once <laughs> <laughs> he's, That's he's what I'm warning it's, these young girls about very all the dangers out there. Right, right. It's so, it's so very self aware, but like tongue in cheek, like. I don't know. It's just, it's so funny. It's just, it's, it's so, this is a movie that people need to watch. Like this is, this is my movie that I've been saying to people throughout the year to go watch. Yeah. And, 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 and this is my little, uh, Little Monsters film, so there you, you know I'm I'm definitely. An I think a lot more people have seen Booksmart than have seen Little Monsters. Though, oh, oh well, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But still, people need to catch up to it. All right, Jay, my number two. Uh, I I'm starting to get the feeling like this might be on your list. It just hasn't come up yet, but it is the Korean film Parasite. Mm. So, man, directed by Bong Joon-ho, Parasite is just this absolute, I hate this term, but I'm going to use it. It's a tour de force, Jay. It's a tour de force of of character, of acting, of writing, smart writing. It's, it's genius. And it just comes together in, in such a way that it's like this film is both a comedy, a thriller, a, bit, a little bit of horror. 
and a a big satirical piece on society and 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 not just society in South Korea but like society here as well class distinction and everything like that it was a film that I heard so much good buzz about and when I finally got to see it I I, I put myself in this mind frame of you know I'm not sure what I'm going into, but I know I'm going into something that people find very reverent. So I'm going to go in open-minded and I'm very happy that I did go in that open-minded because, you know, what I got was so much more than I ever could have expected from, from a film that, you know, a lot of times foreign films for, for us and a lot of people in the States get, get ignored. And I think this one is so powerful that nobody is ignoring it. Like it's, you know, it, it may win uh, an Oscar for, for best foreign film, but it may win. It may be nominated for best film overall. Like My best picture. Yeah. It is so fucking well done. Um, I, I, since I haven't heard it on your list yet, I can only assume that it's still coming up. So I'm going to stop talking about it now. I'm going to let you Jay run through your honorable mentions all right so my first honorable mention is peanut butter falcon love this movie this is also one of my early favorites in the year also on my honorable mentions list as well yes and and it's a it's a special film i think people need to watch like this is another one of those films that i think you and i both advocate to like say like okay and have you have you heard about this film go check it out on top of that if if you aren't like you're an indie film fan but you are someone who maybe likes wrestling this has yeah this has Jake the Snake Roberts in it, Mick Foley. <laughs> you know, like it. It has it has some like if you look around in the background, there's some wrestling legends hidden in there. Yeah, and uh, what's the guy's name that that who plays Rat Boy Yeo Wolf? You know, he's he's a guy who's what, Thomas Hayden Church is in there playing a former wrestler too, which is kind of fun. He's playing he's, he's playing you know? a saltwater wrestler. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. saltwater redneck. But uh, but uh, you know, there's there's a lot uh, there's a lot to enjoy just in the background of this film alone, but. The performances push forward so well, and you know John Bernthal is not given a whole lot to do in this film, but um, Look, he's a he's a solid supporting role. He, he is. He, he he served his purpose. There I actually think. isn't even a speaking line with him. I don't think he says a word because I don't all, think he needs to. He did memories. such a great job with his chemistry with Shia LaBeouf, and 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 just seeing his flashbacks. A chemistry with that brother. I think carries over from Fury. Like I know those. Oh, two, yeah. well, I know those two exactly. are exactly. I don't. I don't want to. They say were very close, very close. But yeah, they, no, they were. They yeah, they all so. everybody in the tank in that movie, even though it was a rough shoot, they all bonded quite well, and yeah, it makes sense. So, but man, I absolutely. Loved this movie when I was watching it, so it's all my honorable mentions. As Very well. good, Jay. Other honorable mentions. Number seven, The Lighthouse. Man, Lighthouse was something special. It's one of the most, by far, unique films that you will see in 2019. Why did you want to become a wiki boy? <laughs> Robert Eggers did something very unique, very special. I saw you consorting with them gulls. Best and leave I them be. I think this could be one of Dave's favorite quotable films of the year as well. Uh, it's not on my honorable mentions list. I did enjoy this movie, but I think there was there was so much left on the table for it that I I was just like ah. I really enjoyed its. I, I really enjoyed its visual aspect. I really, I really enjoyed that yeah. stuff. There wasn't much of a story to go off of. I think this is one of my late night things. That I'm going to be throwing on. I watched it late night, dude. I watched it like like stuff, one o'clock just in the to morning. Get immersed in that world again. It was just just I, to put me to sleep. <laughs> there just wasn't enough there for me to say like. 
and this is why it's on my honorable mention. I ever want to go right, back to this right. ever again. It's 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 something I really respected, yeah, and appreciated. But again, it's it's you know it's not something you're going to be revisiting too too often, right? Also, its story was so obvious, right? Like like the the character that we were getting with Robert Pattinson, I felt was extremely obvious from the beginning of the film until well, we until we get the revelation of who he actually is. Uh, but I, I, it was, it was so obvious that I was just like, uh, okay, like I, I didn't care about that. That wasn't why I was yeah. watching. I was watching for their performances. The, uh, their, their performances, performances were alone. both Oscar worthy caliber for, for sure. Yep, uh, both of them. RJ, any other honorable mentions? Uh, I got three more. Ford versus Ferrari. By far one of the best studio films of the year. Old school. If you're a car fan in any aspect, racing watch this movie it is so well executed so well done christian bale matt damon knock it out of the park tracy letts did a fantastic job playing uh one of the ford owners yeah it was uh, good stuff it's, it's not on my list but it was a lot good of stuff. a lot of fun with it and then uh number nine is little women i had some editing issues with the movie however it was minor because all aspects of this film other than that was phenomenal in, enough. in every aspect between the acting the um, production design and the story as well which I, was beautiful and then number 10 is joker because joker was a tour de force pow- powerful joaquin phoenix film that i thought did a great job portraying me with joker and todd phillips did something that i don't think anybody thought he could do and he did a phenomenal job with this movie even though it didn't quite end on the way that i wanted it to end and that definitely dropped my uh grade for the film overall i remember but Overall, it's still a well-regarded, really well-done film, and kudos to them for that project. Fair enough, man. Uh, our, our honorable mentions don't cross over as much as our main list does. Uh, I already said, you know, uh, Peanut Butter Falcon, that's on there. But Knives Out, which was on your list, that's also on mine, so I won't talk about it too much. Another one that I really enjoyed, rewatched a few nights ago as well, was Blinded by the Light. I really enjoyed this film. I love, obviously, Bruce Springsteen music without, but I love this coming-of-age story. That that it fits in there, you know. For me, it was kind of like it was kind of like this year's uh, Edge of Seventeen. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really enjoyed this movie. I love the setting. I love the world that it's set up, mm-hmm. and it had so much heart that like it made me cry. It made me laugh. It made me sing along with it. It did a whole lot for me, and I, I just I couldn't fall in love with it enough. Uh, another one that I fell in love with because of the comedy in it and also the heart that it had in it was Jojo Rabbit. I fucking loved Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Uh, Taika Waititi knocked it out of the park with this movie and he was able to blend his brand of comedy with this incredibly heavy source material that, that he was difficult to do. Difficult to do. And he put so much heart behind it. And, you know, it, this movie very well could have turned out as you know a big blunder in his career but he took the risk and he and he knew what he was doing and fox searchlight backed them in doing it and it worked out to so many you know wonderful degrees i absolutely loved this movie mm-hmm. and i like this is another movie i laughed with it i cried with it i fucking left the theater seeing it just going like oh my god i can't wait to watch it again uh and jay my final honorable mention is a film that's not touched your list at all but i loved it because it was a proper superhero movie but also a proper comedy as well it was shazam i 
I lo- oh. I loved Shazam. It was Thank you for putting that on. Yeah, it, yeah it, it, I it, I love that movie as well. It was it was so like a lot of people point to it and say like, "Oh, that's just their their version of the Marvel formula." And it's like, "No, I think it's more than that, dude. I think it is it is, you know, Warner Brothers kind of it was their showcase of like this is what we can do moving forward and then they have the joker to follow that up this year in their in their comic book realm and just being like mm-hmm. we can do this too you know we we can have fun with it and 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 when we could show you the gritty realism of it at the same time but Shazam just it, it was another film that like it made me laugh a lot but it had some great superhero action in it and it it, it made me fall in love with these kids and and the story and it, I think the ending elevates it a lot for me. <laughs> just having oh, it definitely S- does. Superman show up at the oh, end. Oh, absolutely! And just the just the little music, wah, bum, 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 in the score playing as Superman walks in, and sits down. It was, it was good. I absolutely love this movie, and uh, it's man, it's the first DCEU movie that like came out where I was like, I'm not just on board with it. I'm a hundred percent on board with it and I can't wait for a sequel. And I hope a lot of them are like this. And part of me thinks that maybe wonder woman was delayed a little bit to make wonder woman a little bit less like what they've done previously and a little bit more like this. So, uh, and also to get it out of the way of star Wars <laughs> because it was coming out same day as star mm. Wars. So, all right, Jay, uh, that's it for my honorable mentions, man. You're number one. My Let's number one. It. Parasite. My God, this is a perfect movie. It is. It is an original script written and directed by Bong Joon-ho. And this is just stunning, stunning filmmaking in every aspect. You know, I don't care who you are. Just get over yourself with the whole subtitles thing and just watch this movie. You are going to be Jake. blown away by it. It still carries a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. That means there's <laughs> one asshole out there, yeah. one asshole professional critic all it takes. who rated it poorly. <laughs> but it is, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, it's, it's, it's so spectacularly, like, well done in every aspect as far as the writing right as far as scoping out a story that touches on so many political aspects and then also having a lot of comedy dark comedy a lot of horror a lot of suspense so many different thematic moments sprinkled in throughout this movie and a huge massive shift in tone for the whole film too and it lives Um, and it lives and dies 70% into the film all of a sudden boom it lives and dies on its script as well because like what was on the page uh what they set up for each character in in the first you know two acts that come back in the oh, third yeah. act it does All it the way to the very it end. does it really well because it doesn't do it in an in-your-face style it doesn't wink and nod at you and go ah remember that like it's something you Everything think back on and go done like, oh, in, that's- in an intelligent way right. because also these characters in this movie doesn't matter if you're dead poor or rich right even though the rich are supposed to be a little bit more you know they they, they kind of play them out to be a little bit more dummies right. but, also, but they're not everybody is so intelligent in this film but also like like different the, the things that they did with 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 the with just with the directing and the cinematography of like always having the the kim family walking up the walking up the hill to go to go right and they live down below in the dredges and like mm-hmm. literally their their neighborhood is swallowed oh, up by shit. There's a beautiful sequence when they're racing down to their home to save their things in their house, and it's getting flooded out with shit, with shit and everything, literal, literally shit. just sucking it up. And then it cuts to 
the family that they work for and they're up on the hilltop just sipping on some wine blissfully, looking blissfully ignorant. ignorant and just loving the rainstorm so it well looks done. so beautiful out of their their mansion glass you know floor to ceiling windows and you know it, it's it's a really beautifully well orchestrated shot and I sequence but and I'm, like that's just one of many because there's so setting, many things going on yeah, in this movie it's i settings, can't spoil it there's nothing no. to, you know it's Honestly, tough. there's not too much to say. I mean, you have to watch this movie. It's, it's so weird that watch. like its characters fit so well into its story, but its setting fits so well into yeah. its story. Everything that you see on film and everything that you that you would read on a page just goes into into the film to make it this almost cohesively perfect entity that becomes this this and, film. It's and so to be good. honest, I think this movie sprinkled its way into. Um, you know, America, Hollywood and America is like iced enough where this has the best chance at winning Best Picture. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it absolutely blew me away. I mean, you know, I've, I've enjoyed his films previously. Like, I like The Host and I really, really liked Snowpiercer. Um, I did too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I respected a lot. Now, I did not. I mean, I know on, on, um, on on Netflix, you can still watch watch Okja, and I never watched Okja, and I know it has some fans, but it's I heard it's it, it's just overall okay. Right. It, it's a weird little subject matter. But, but after watching Parasite, I went back and I watched Snowpiercer, and I, I was picking up what was put on in that, mm. and then seeing it where it's. It, I'm not saying like Snowpiercer is a flawed film or anything, but it's it's not as perfect as Parasite, and then you're almost seeing his progression into telling the story he wants to tell right, in the right. very same vein that he did in Snowpiercer in a more perfect fashion. Yeah. Well, and, you know, he, he's on a roll, put it that way. Yeah. He's certainly on a roll and he's a writer and director, an original writer and director. And this guy is super talented and I'm really looking forward to seeing, he has nothing on his slate. He has nothing. Forward. No. And that's, Disappointing, obviously, but like I'm really gonna be excited to see what he does. But if next. I see the name, you know, Bang Hu Jung on oh anything, on anything uh, I, I'm gonna go start revisiting his old films for sure. I'm, um, I'm I've been meaning to anyway. Like you saw Mother, right? You, and I yeah. haven't seen that one yet either. So, you know, I'm gonna get back to it. And um, you know, this has been an interesting d- year, Dave. I mean, for me, like I mean, I'll just finish up really quick. I, um, it, it, it was it was a bit of a flip flop. I had some strong favorites, but even still i'd had hope that it was going to end strong with this year because you know i had book smart and peanut butter falcon for the longest time and you know early on in the year and they were small little films and i was like ah is anything gonna wow me end game i loved end game but bring me something else and then finally we really got treated with a lot of special different kind of original films to in the fall. finish out the 2019 absolutely and i am looking forward to 2020 all right, Jay, my number one. You already mentioned it, but it's Avengers Endgame. We talked about it a fair bit. Yes, it it is a perfect conclusion to mm. to the MCU that we've gotten so far. Some people may disagree with that. I yes. know there's some people who are MCU haters, Disney haters, and stuff like that. But 
as far as like being given something that builds on everything that's come before it, this is it, man. And I know a lot of people are like, you know, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker is not on your list, not even in my honorable mentions. Uh, honestly, I don't think I've sat with it long enough for me to 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 really. It's a bit of a shock for me too. Yeah, it's it's because it's, it's, I don't think it's a bit of a shock. Since we've recorded, we've had uh, three Star Wars films. Yeah, since we've been recording this podcast. No, we had the Last Jedi. We did not do the Force Awakens. We were not recording when the Force Awakens. Really? Comes out. Okay, but so, obviously Rogue One. And we then, did. We um, did Rogue One solo and yeah, the Last and, Jedi. And they've always been somewhere on your list. <laughs> and not solo. Solo was not on a list. Not even honorable mentions. I don't believe so. No. Okay. Well, for some reason, I thought so. But anyway. Uh, actually, yeah, no, I think you're right. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's 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 gonna be one of those films, Dave. Right? So it's but, gonna take a little bit more time. You, for example, Solo, you've actually enjoyed that movie. I've grown to like it a lot grown more. Grown to like it a little bit more, which is why, like, I'll sit on the last, uh, I'll There's sit on the Rise of Skywalker, well. and I, I I may enjoy it more. I've now I've seen it three times, right? Seen it three times, and I come out feeling the same way every time. Where it's just like, mm. yep, did I like where Ray ended? Sure. Did I like how we got there? Not really. You know, did did I like some things in that movie? Loved some things in that movie. But was I crazy about the story that I got right. overall? No. There's a scene. The in issues that, in there are not going to go away. Here's one of the things, it you know, we didn't is. do news this week, but here's one of the things that came out this week. Uh, if you buy the Rise of Skywalker visual dictionary, it you find out that Lando's entire skin in the game is that he's been out there looking for his daughter who went missing years ago and was supposedly kidnapped by the First Order. And then you have Jaina who is a young girl kidnapped by the First Order, made to be a... Come on. Right. So that is a big plot point that you could have put in that movie that would have both... It made, makes so much more sense right. now. For, uh, and it also makes me wrong because I said Lando's getting laid by Jaina at the end. Hell no. That would be some fucking gross incest shit. No, he, that is... It's that's why I was surprised. That like Jaina's his daughter. It's oh implying God. it that she's his daughter or at least that they're, that they're, they're, they're on the path to figuring that out. And the fact that they don't extrapolate on the fact that Finn is extremely force sensitive, where he says, that's the ship. Why? Yeah. I don't know. I just have a feeling. And it's like, it, you just leave that hanging there in the end. It's nothing that's ever really addressed. Yeah. But So there's so much that they tried to fit in. There's so much that had to fall to the wayside that it's like, hey, it's going to be explained in comic books and books coming forward. That it's just like, I'm more, I'm more interested in that stuff than I am in the film that you gave me. So when I think about Avengers Endgame, you know, again, back to my number one, is that this is how you end a saga. This is how you end it. This is how you both pay fan service, but also fan service that makes sense for your characters, for your story that you have. And... It's my number one, Jay, because I've said this probably a half a dozen times on the show. It's one of the few times I've been sitting in a movie theater and I felt the exact same emotion that everybody else was feeling at the exact same time. Oh my god! When that hammer, I'll never forget that. When that hammer picks up and it goes to Captain America's hand, I th there was so many people who were just like, <gasps> at the people same were time. jumping out of their seats. I, Jay, I was one of those people. I literally jumped up and I went, I knew it. <laughs> like I knew it the whole time that he, yeah. that it, oh my god, and like, and just the fight that happens there, oh, and the whole dude. sequence leading up to him oh, dude, standing it, up, and it's like it's weird. It's like you're, you're saying uh, that this is your number one film because of a moment, and it's like, yeah, because that moment made me feel so many more things than anything else did that year. I I know, I know. Parasite, sure, I'm sure we were all feeling that same emotion at the same time, but. We were all quiet about it. We were all just absorbing it. This was something that I was seeing with two to 300 other people. Mm -hmm. And we were all feeling that emotion. And we were all comfortable enough to, to express it. 
you know? And oh, we, you, it was so well done that you had to. It was so perfectly well executed. Right. It, I don't think Avengers Endgame beautiful. is a perfect movie in the same way that I think Parasite is a perfect movie. Oh, not at all. But <laughs> but I think. But at the same time, because of the content, because of the decade long build up, right? And you know the ups and downs of the films and with the characters and yada 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 it all came to a perfect conclusion it did in many ways yeah um for, at least in my mind too and love, so like you know love some people hate. some people don't like you know like certain aspects some people do i mean it it depends like we we love it we yeah, we, absolutely. we did and i and i i also felt the same emotions with everybody in the audience you know i saw it two or three times in the theaters myself um I still fucking watch, you know, the end sequences on like YouTube and stuff like that and get choked up because yeah. it's that powerful, it you know, is. and it's that special. It's that unique. And I don't think it could it's exist. It's going to stick with me for a long time. It couldn't exist without a decades long worth of films. And, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't, wor- it wouldn't work without either. Them. I wouldn't be getting this choked up every no. single time still. But I did like, like last night with tears last night, you know, watching it, watching it for New Year's Eve. I still like, I, you know, I wanted to rewatch it because I was like, is this my number one? I I, I went back and forth. Is it this or is it Parasite? Because technically, as a film, Parasite's the best film this year. Just I think bar none. I think just period. It is just the best film this year. But as far as like my level of enjoyment, as far as my rewatchability, and as far as as far as like the way I feel about it, as far as I have just like oh, I understand. This feel, I, understand. It's, I I was watching Avengers Endgame and I still teared up. I still teared up when he said Avengers Assemble, and I was just like, "Yep, yeah, this is still it for me. This is still the thing that." This is still the thing that keeps me that, that that keeps me going. That still has me geeking out and stuff like that. That has me excited for what they have coming to Disney Plus for it. You know, it if it didn't end that way, if I was soured on the way Endgame went, I would be. This would been a rough year for you, right. buddy. If you didn't have Endgame or a Star Wars movie on your top ten, <laughs> right? It would have been it would have been a rough year for me. Goddamn, you'd be crying Astros. different tears. <laughs> I would be, I would be. But you know, ultimately, I still enjoyed the year that we got because. I think that because we got so many films that were middling or or, or yeah. didn't live up to the potential, they were fine. They were fine. That you didn't know? live up to their potential. Sure. That that the true standouts got to stand out more. And you know, I, I don't have Joker on my list because I wasn't as hot on it as you were. You know, like mm-hmm. I I I loved his performance. I loved Joaquin Phoenix's performance. I thought it was damn near a perfect performance. But I didn't love the I didn't love the movie around it. I didn't love the story that I got all around it. So. I it didn't go on my list because I like the indie sensibilities about it, yeah, and that was a big part of my draw. But that's it, man. That's going to do it for our list uh, for our 2019 top five. Uh, So, uh, you know, I want to hear from everybody else. So please, guys, reach out to us and let us know what your personal. So you can reach out to uh, Jay on Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast on there. You Mm -hmm. can listen. You you can check me out on Twitter at Super Movie Pod. Jay runs the Instagram Super Movie Bros over there and then i also have an instagram it's smb dave so and if you're enjoying the content that you are getting please make sure that you join our patreon uh patreon is www.patreon.com slash super movie bros podcast i'm going to be putting up something kind of special some people may have heard it before um but it's going to go up there it is star wars related and there is something in the pipeline that i am working on for just myself jay won't be involved but 
it is Star Wars and it will be a Star Wars related show. So if you would like a preview of that show, head over to our Patreon because you're going to you're going to get seven episodes just right out the gate straight there on Patreon. So I want to thank all you guys for listening. Have a great night. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.